Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is Charlie Parsons for Boxing Social, an association with Forged Irish Stout, Ready to Fight and FreeBets.com. I've been feeling like a needy girlfriend the amount of WhatsApps I've pinged you, but uh, we finally... But you're not here. Well, one, you're not here. Two, you're working for Boxing Social. Three, I've done Boxing Social on multiple occasions this week. So I'm just getting a bit confused with it all. Like, I don't, you know... What are you? I've got to do boxing social, Michelle Joy Phelps, and you. Did you not want to speak to your long lost son? <laughs> right, there's a couple of things I immediately need to discuss, and, and there'll be timestamps in the comments for everyone who's like, Where are they talking boxing? Um, what on earth is going on? You said cap, and I heard a little riz. Dropped in there yeah, as well. No, I didn't say Riz. Because I didn't know what Riz was. Do you know but what Riz is? Everybody now? said, every, like, all fighters at the moment are saying cap, right? So I was like, so-and-so, so, I can't remember the context. So-and-so, like, no cap. This is what he wants. And everyone was like, no cap. You're 44. But let's be right. We've got to stop with this whole you're 44. Why? Because... Because anybody that's capable of reversing their age, like me, yeah, should get the respect to stop saying, you know, yeah, but you're 44. But I'm not really 44, am I? You are. I mean, yes, I was born on the 8th of June, 1979, which technically makes me 44. But let's be honest, the way that I am rolling back the years, the way that I am reversing myself physically and um biologically we should just freeze the age now because i'm going to keep doing all this stuff talking about capping i'm going to wear jordans i'm probably going to get a tattoo went into my 50s right you can't keep going to me eddie you're now 52 stop doing this because i'm like i'm frozen in time because i just feel like i'm 26 you know do you know the meaning of the word Riz? Do we can we add that one? No, I don't know Riz. I know cap. No cap. No bull, like no bullshit. I'm not joking. I'm not lying. Okay, fine. We're, we're not but adding Riz. What is Riz? A Riz is like if I was speaking to a girl, I, I'd go and Riz her up. Oh my god! <laughs> like the thought of you rizzing up anyone is one of the most like revolting. Like Why I would not? love, I would love to watch you go and chat up a young lady 
in a nightclub or a bar. It would be the funniest thing Why I've ever... Why would it? Because I can't, like, you are like everyone's pal. You're like everyone... Like, you trying to get romantic or physical with someone, actually, like, of all the things that could possibly make you go, uh, right? That is right up there, right? Parsons going up, like, not like, because you're always going to be, like, your biggest problem is going to be you are, like, the pal. Do you know what I mean? Oh, he's like, oh, it's not like that with Parsons. You know what I mean? Oh, no, 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 no. Oh, you and Parsons. Right, let me just let me just flip the switch a little bit. Now, obviously, I am the younger person in the industry. So when we're going out, right, like, for example, Dublin, prime example. Actually, you can go back and ask the matchroom team about the little night out in Dublin because the boy was doing his thing. Anyway, not the point. I'm always the youngest one there. So if there's a bunch of 27-year-olds and then they find out they're with this, like, child of the group, they then feel, like, like weird. What, the, the women feel weird? Well, the 27-year-olds that are hanging around with a group of adults and then there's just this 20-year-old with them. Yeah, but you're, you're kind of deflecting from, like, I'm talking about, I want to see you get, like, because I reckon your chat-up line is something like this, right? Like, knowing how you always refer to yourself as a third person, like... <laughs> no, you make this up like, to be so much worse. Straight up to the bar. Straight up to the bar. How you doing? Fancy a drink with the Parsons, right? Straight away. <laughs> what? Yeah. What? Yeah. Saw you. Uh, saw you looking at the bar. Probably looked over there and said, uh, "The Parsons is looking well." I know. Oh. Like this is where I could just see it, like just being, you know. Oh hi, yeah, yeah. So what's your name? <sighs> I don't know my name. <laughs> Part Peter, Peter Parsons, right? And then she's like, "Oh hi, nice to meet you." And you're like, uh, yeah, probably seen me, probably seen me about, stop you know, it. on the Just old, uh, on the old, on the old, in the old YouTube community, you know, <laughs> quite big in the YouTube community. But what if they go to you? Right. So what do you do? What do you say? I say I do interviews with boxers. Which is my job, right? Yeah. But. Just to give you a little bit of advice, because they've one, they've probably already left. Two, if they haven't <laughs> lost interest or fallen asleep, so harsh. I would say something more like, um, "I run, a, I run a major sports media company." Because when I don't want to be too cruel, but when you have your game, and you know, but you have to be talking it up. But you can't do it in your usual David Brent, twenty-one-year-old yeah, style. Edward, they get they get the Instagram, they see the mutual followers. The game is the game. <laughs> right. So is that is that what people do these days? Where they go, um, "How you doing?" Uh, yeah, my name's Charlie. Oh, obviously might not. Wanna, right? Might, can we stop right? that? Because might want to might want to check out my Instagram. I oh. want to check out my my Instagram mutual followers. Right? <laughs> no. Yeah. I mean, if that don't get you interested, I don't know what will. <laughs> the, the misinterpretation is scandalous. I can imagine you saying something like, like, you know, right. So, yeah, anyway, nice to meet you. How old are you? Oh, I'm 21. But uh, let's be honest, you wouldn't think that about the Parsons, would you? You know what I mean? Something like that. And it's just, 
to a point where like these I'm people are like, looking at so each other. Hard. Oh. Anyway. Let's get into it. I'm, I've cringed. I wish they could see the level of cringe because they all no, they that's... you dishing it out to me. They can't see me just say it like. No, but I can see it. I can see you saying like. Do you like? Do you like the? Do you like the? Do you like the drip? Do you mind? Uh, do you mind if I uh, attempt to uh, riz you up? Oh, this is a kind. Yeah. The. How about? How about I make your night and Parsons tries to give you the riz? Do you know what I mean? Like. Right, just... stop it, stop it, because I'm I'm dying of secondhand embarrassment here, Edward. Let's go straight into it. You're in Quebec. It's like minus mm. twenty degrees. The general, the Monclizzi's come with him. Um, Smith Baturbiev. First things first. I know you've sort of discussed it. Why has this atypical finding come out? What is the situation? You no, know what? I just want to. I just want to make a few things clear from Bob Aram's comments, which were basically yeah, all. Man. All factually incorrect, right? I'm, I'm, I haven't brought this up. Top rank released this information. We actually felt this information should have come out in December, but I'm responding to questions about an atypical finding. Atypical means not typical, abnormal. Yeah. Which also, in my opinion, means cause for concern. Right. He also said that it has been proved that the the raised levels in the test occurred naturally through his actually it actually hasn't. And this isn't an accusation about better beer, but I actually said like I've backed him. I've said it's not an adverse finding. This is not a positive test. He also said, Oh, all we had to do was speak to Margaret Goodman and she will confirm that the additional testing that was done showed that it did. No, there hasn't been any additional testing or additional analysis to that sample. There's been two more tests, which would have happened anyway, which there wasn't a raising levels, just this one spike in this one. And a few days later, there wasn't one. I was just asked about it. And all I said was when I received that bit of information that said he's got raised levels for human growth hormone and yeah. testosterone, like anybody, there is concern. Like, we, we wouldn't be doing our job if we didn't just go, hang on a minute, that don't sound right, because it's not right. It's, that's why it's called atypical. That's why you're, you're informed about it. So we actually asked Margaret to confirm there's been additional testing, which is one of the rules. And I don't know if there has been, but anyway, but I, don't, I don't want to keep going on about it. All I'm saying is someone said to me, like, if, this was, if this was my show, if this was a matchroom fighter and they had elevated levels of HGH and testosterone, there would actually be calls for the fight to be cancelled. We've never even, we don't want the fight to be cancelled. It should, you know, this is why it's not an adverse finding. So all I've done is responded to questions that have occurred through top rank, basically releasing the information. They're my friends. I like them. I've just had lunch with them. I don't want to talk about it anymore. But I was just honest. Like, when you get that information, there are concerns. Have we received the information to quash those concerns? We know more about it, not completely. But it's done. It's over. Contractually, we'd have no leg to stand on. It's not an adverse finding. On we go for the fight tonight. Right, well, you just on the topic, I know you don't want to keep on it for too long, but you came back on absolute smoke. I dropped it a, a cheeky retweet last night. 
uh, Victor Conte put out a tweet uh, saying, does anyone see the hypocrisy of Eddie Hearn? I'm not going to read the whole thing out, but I'm going to read your reply if people haven't heard it. You've got some front. You talk about hypocrisy when you're one of the most prolific drug cheats in the history of the sport. Cry me a river, you bellend. Big race. Yeah, I was actually laying in bed and like this guy has trolled me for a year. Go on to Victor Conti's account, read through his tweets. Like it is an absolute, like he's either been put up to it by someone or he's just literally looks at me and goes, he's so unbelievable. I can't stand him. Right. So I think I just lay in there. I was thinking this guy, like bear in mind, like I know people that effectively he convinced to cheat within their sport, right? Guys who really have ruined their career and in some ways their life by taking, advance, uh, taking advice from Victor Conte to cheat within their sport. He is one of the, the most prolific drug cheats in the history of the sport. So... I know everyone can change and all of a sudden you can be that guy that is so ruthless and vindictive that you will convince people to risk their career and life by cheating in sport, which is, in my opinion, one of the most low life forms of mannerisms you can have to cheat in sport, right? To sit there and start criticising every... No, and the fact that Varda are even associated with this guy and they say they're not but they seem to be awfully close you know and also you know obviously you've got the whole snack cloud that people are bringing up now and stuff yeah. like that which like at, at the end of the day this guy has a lot to say and i just feel like when he talks about hypocrisy all i said was i have a fighter fighting another guy i just want an explanation as to why those levels are increased i'm not accusing him anything i'm not trying to have the fight stopped i'm not trying to get him stripped i just i just like to know him so He's on one, and I just was laying in bed and thought to myself, no, nah, you know what, it's a bit of a liberty, actually. I mean, the, the bell end thing was more like tongue-in-cheek, but the geezer is an absolute length, right? A total, total bell end. And that, that was the word. Bell end, I think bell end is a, such an underrated word, right? Because it's, it's half-friendly, but it's also putting you on notice as to what you are. And I just can't sit there and take... This guy who ruined sport, ruined sport, ruined athletics, in my opinion, my opinion. And again, I know people personally that he trained that ended up failing drugs tests. And they had, I, know, I know these people. And when they went into camp with him, they were convinced to do it. And, and like he, you know. Can I just anyway. pick up on the snack comment you made? Now, obviously, Sonny Edwards in, in, in his fight in the lead up to Bama, I'm not like naming names or anything, but just referencing that. Do you have an issue as to fighters working with him? Or like, are you slightly sceptical? I don't care about Victor Bond. At the end of the day, everybody can change. So if this guy, who clearly was a special piece of work to do what he did in the first place, let's be honest, like if you're going to do that, if you're going to go into a sport and get people to cheat, to gain an edge in competition, you have to be a specific type of individual. But everyone can change. And now if his goal is to make the sport clean, then wow, what a guy. What a turnaround. I mean, that's quite amazing, you know. 
And maybe that's true. But don't tweet me all day. You've got a problem, phone me. And we'll have a chat about it. So it makes me think that someone is putting him up to it or the guy is just strange, mm. which could also be the case. But, you know, like I said, when you've attempted to completely ruin a sport, and actually probably probably has gone a long way to ruin a sport, they'll just come back and start like, you know, I mean, when people keep saying, release the science, it's not to me to release the science of a, an ongoing legal case that I can't, I can't do it. And it's not for me to do. So it's for VADA. And that's why I'm saying about this atypical finding. You educate me. And Victor tried to educate me about Arta Betabiev's atypical finding by saying that those levels can be raised via squats. Well, thank you very much for your scientific explanation as to why that happened. So thank you. Um, but the one question, all we really want out of this as Team Smith is this. Can you categorically confirm that those raised levels in that test occurred naturally and not due to ingestion of performance-enhancing substances? End of story. So, Victor, my question to you. Can you categorically confirm that for me? And I think the answer is no. But we take it on the chin. We trust VADA, as we have done for years and years. We trust Margaret Goodman. And we are where we are. Just quickly, you mentioned, obviously, the fight that we're all talking about in, in all of this it is smith Baturbiev. I know you've said a lot on it. Just finally, final prediction. This will be going up a matter of hours away, really. Yeah, I think, look, um, you've seen how bullish I've been about my prediction because I honestly believe Callum Smith will win and win by knockout. I also know it's an incredibly dangerous fight. Um, 18 Callum yeah, by the way, look, I just want to address, I mean, look, we lost the purse bid, right? When you lose a purse bid, you lose a lot of control regarding the contractual, normal contractual obligations that you might have. So if we were negotiating a fight, sometimes we would want a 20-foot ring. 20-foot, this is, this is good for people to understand, 20-foot inside the ropes, is the biggest ring that we use in boxing globally. There is an Olympic-sized ring, 24 foot inside the ropes, and we had it in Billy Joe Saunders against Canelo Alvarez. You remember the, the big, yeah. But we never use a ring bigger than 20 foot inside the ropes. In our UK shows and in our US shows, we use a mixture of 20 foot inside the ropes and 18 foot inside the ropes, okay? Probably 80% of the time is 20 foot inside the ropes. Now, when you're in a smaller venue, sometimes you've got to, you know, it can, you can reduce the size of the ring. From a rules perspective, most governing bodies and commissions have a minimum requirement of 16 foot inside the ropes, okay? That is very small. Yeah. That is the size of ring that you would look at. We, we've had it before, especially when we've gone to Mexico. Mexico that's a ring yeah, size. Yeah. That, that's where they, they use that. And you can see, like, you turn up and you go, my God, how small is that ring? 
I don't look at an 18 foot ring inside the ropes and think, wow, that looks so small. So Callum has boxed in plenty of 18 foot inside the ropes. I also think, you know, I've heard, the, oh my God, that is such a small ring. It's going to be a shootout tonight. That's a phone box. No, it's not. You've, you know, there's some fighters I've actually seen commenting on that. You've boxed plenty of times in 18 foot by, it's not that small. Obviously, it's two foot either side smaller than our biggest ring. Anyway, they could have gone 16 inside. But I will also say this. I don't want Callum Smith in a big ring tonight. I don't, I don't think that you want to be walked down by a better man, backing up around a 20-foot ring, circling, under pressure. Callum can't fight that kind of fight here. This fight needs to be over with inside eight rounds. Fuck having Arta Betterbeer back you up all night, hitting you around the ear rolls and neck and throat and arms for 12 rounds. No, no, no. Get his respect early. Pick your moment. Catch and count at the left hook and knock him out. That is how Callum Smith wins this fight. He's not going to win this fight on points, in my opinion. He's not going to fight. He's not going to win this fight by using the ring you know, a big ring and, and you know, because you know how what better BF does. He walks you down, he puts pressure on you. I'm not saying you, I'm not saying you got to stand in the middle of the ring and just start trading, but you have to be aggressive in this fight and you have to pick your spots. And, you know, Callum Smith has got tremendous reach and he's a very good inside fighter. Very good. You know, I heard Buddy say the other day, he's a better inside fighter than he is out on the outside. You know, against Canelo Alvarez, he chose to move and box on the outside. And it was, you, but you can't necessarily just stand and, and fight on the inside with Canelo Alvarez. I think you, you're going to have to do that with Betfield, which will lend itself to be a brilliant fight. Moving on. Uh, Anthony Unbelievable John. analysis, by the way. Unbelievable. People just, think, people just think that I'm like this meme and this fitness model, right? But actually, the, the, you know, you have to understand, I've been ringside for 35 years. My knowledge of the sport is second to none. All I need is a little bit of confidence and I'll be away. Just a little bit of confidence. Yeah. True though. My analysis of fights is unbelievable, but people just think I'm like, you know, funny guy. Anthony Joshua, my TikTok following though, Anthony Joshua versus Francis Ngannou. Now we were there that night. I think it was Cancun where we where we were, and you instantly came out and you said uh, Anthony Joshua uh, beats Francis Ngannou, and then there was sort of no real talk of it for a while, and then the Wilder fight was signed, and then Wilder lost, and now we understand that there was sort of talks, and and it was and it was Turkey and everyone's plans in Saudi. That was the next biggest fight for them. It's now signed. We have the press conference. Uh, I believe we've. I believe you said it's Monday, so I can say that. It is Monday. Yeah. To be fair, the, the, the notice for the press conference has been sent out uh, to all credible global journalists. I've got it. So I've just, bit, that, you yeah, can't that, have it, obviously, but I I'll tell you personally. Emails, I do have it on my emails. <laughs> so anyway, it is Monday. Um, and looking forward to it, you know. I do, I do believe AJ is going to take this guy out in style. I also think it's a really dangerous fight. And there isn't much upside, is there? Let's be honest. Like, if you lose to Ngannou, you it's not the greatest. And, you know, the way back is a little bit awkward to, to navigate. Is there a way but, back? Yeah, for sure. There's always a way back. But also, you know, I spoke to AJ last night, and it's almost like I think he feels like every fight at this stage in his career 
is like so important because if you get beat against Wallin or Hellenius or Franklin or even Ngana, like he wants to become world heavyweight champion again. And I believe that he's going to knock Francis Ngana out and make a statement. And I believe, although I love Alexander Usyk, I do hope that Tyson Fury wins that fight. Because if AJ knocks out Francis Ngana and Tyson Fury beats Usyk for the undisputed world championship, the clamour for AJ against Fury is going to be off the charts. And we will get that fight, I believe. And AJ will become undisputed heavyweight world champion. I see this. We spoke last night. This is the vision that I've had. And I, though after the Wilding fight, I believe it so much. And, you know, just like I believe Callum Smith will win tonight, it doesn't always happen. But I'm speaking, and maybe I am a little bit deluded and a little bit of a fanboy, but I, I truly believe these things. Like, I truly believe that AJ will beat Tyson Fury. I truly believe that he will knock out Francis Ngannou. And but I know boxing, anything can happen in boxing, but this is the dream that we have. And, you know, after, again, like what, one thing that really gets on my nerves, which I just want to clarify, is the amount of people who say, oh, uh, Eddie Earn's so happy Deontay Wilder lost. Why? One, why? We've signed a contract to announce a fight in the ring. Do you think if I didn't want that fight to happen, I w we wouldn't have signed the, like we wouldn't have signed a contract? We were desperate for that fight. You saw on December twenty three why we wanted to take that fight, and I think that was a worse Wilder than we expected. But still, that's the guy that I know we can beat. So straight after that fight, when it all fell through. We went straight for a meeting with His Excellency and, and we talked about what is the biggest fight that can be made in the heavyweight division. And the answer was AJ against Francis Ngannou. And as he's done continuously over the last few months, moved the pace, signed the fight, and we're very happy. And we know it's a risky fight, but it's going to be a huge event because Fury, Fury and Ngannou was a huge event, but now it comes with a credibility the actual true belief, the danger. I've seen so many people going, I fancy Ngana here. So they're, they're very similar to the people that say, I fancy Otto Wallen here for the upset. And then after the event, it's like, oh, let's be honest, Otto Wallen was useless. You know, and, and when AJ knocks out Francis Ngana, everyone will say, well, he's not a boxer, is he? I mean, yeah. you know, so you can never win. So you just got to focus on yourself. You mentioned Otto Wilding. Anthony Joshua has remained at number three with the IBF with the number two spots uh, staying vacant. What's that all about? Again, people who don't know the rules, like yourself, um, very in inexperienced in the boxing field. The IBF number two and the IBF number one are only occupied through official elimination events. You cannot just go into number two. You cannot just go into number one. To become number one under IBF rules, you have to win an official IBF final eliminator. To become number two in the IBF, you have to win an official eliminator for the number two spot. That is what it's called. Because we signed, because we were fighting Wilder, because we'd signed to fight Wilder, there was no need for us to fight oh. Wilder in an official elite because we couldn't fight for the IBF world title next anyway. So we have gone to number three. No one can go to number two unless 
they fire an eliminator for number two. So we're in a great position. We effectively replaced Wilding's number, but or position as the next in, line. in a weird way. Yeah, but we're next in line. Yeah. So as he was. So yeah. Um, just it's sort a pleasure of... to educate you on these things. Well, what's that? What's that for? No, I'm just saying it's a pleasure to educate you on these things. Thank you. I could because... not... I know that I know that you're more like you're more like casual fans. The actual facts of boxing don't really matter because I'm just going to get Eddie to do yeah, a Ed, dance. Ed, or Ed, right, as, as much as I as much as we have a laugh and a joke, right? I do I, I do love boxing, mate. Like I'm I am a. I'm a <laughs> this is mean. Come on, what else you got? Fury Usyk now. Um, I believe Cordina Kakachi is in the talks of being on the undercard. Now, this is like a double-barreled thing because there's obviously great fight. We want to see it. We know that Joe wants the most money possible. With that being said, there is obviously the, 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 the consumer's criticism, which is that fights like that should be a UK main event and now go to Saudi. What is the long-term knock-on effect? Yeah, I mean, look, that fight's not signed yet. Also, we've got Jai Alcatire. Looks like going to be featuring on that card, so Bradis? we'll be there. Sorry, Bradis? Potentially, I'd like it to be. Yeah, uh, be a great fight. So we'll be there. Um, I get your point. You know, I think that you can't, you can't do everyone and everything. You know, um, so although two Brits in that weight class historically would sit on a UK show. It's just not the way it's going to be. You know, we need to make sure the UK shows stay strong. But also, like, when people say, oh, we need that in the UK. Okay, well, who is losing out? Now, who is losing out, potentially, are the 4,000 fans that go into the Cardiff Motor Point Arena to watch Joe. You know, and he would always want to perform in Cardiff. But, you're also getting, every time, an incredible night of boxing. Like, Fury Usyk is going to be an amazing night of boxing. Joshua Ngannou is going to be an amazing night of boxing. With a, both with really great undercards. So, it's, it's hard, you know, six of one, half a dozen of the other, you know. You're getting unbelievable value from these events and pay-per-views. And you're getting events that, quite frankly, couldn't happen in the UK, top to bottom. But I do, I do agree with you in the fact that we've got to make sure that we make big fights in the UK. And that, you know, when we were trying to make Ben Eubank, I, I stressed that so many times. You know, we have to try and make Taylor against uh, Catterall, Taylor against Cameron, Wood against Warrington. These are the fights that are going to sell 15,000, 20,000, 40,000. You know, and we need to keep those big fights bubbling in this country as well. You like the way I articulated that question. It was better. I mean, still average, but it was better. Fine. That's that's room for improvement. Uh, what's the situation with Josh Taylor and Jack Cattrall? Um, we're talking. I think there's been some positive conversations. I was just with Bob Arum and Carl Moretti and everybody having a chat at lunch. And, you know, they. I think they want to make the fight. We want to make the fight. We've just got to get the numbers right. You know, DAZN have got to be up for the fight. They've got to, they're the ones that have got to put the money up. Um and we would love to make it happen. April is a date that could have potential. So we'll have to see.
Is there still international interest for that fight? Uh, yeah, but again, you know, going back to your point, really the kind of fight that sits in Manchester or Glasgow. So, uh, but if we couldn't make the fight in the UK because of the numbers, but we could make it somewhere else, at least we get it. Do you know what I mean? So, yeah, hopefully we can get it done. You just mentioned you had lunch with Bob. Now, after him calling you a disgrace a day ago, how, how does lunch... Like, honestly like the, the man is incredible because he walks past me like this is at the presser he what firstly i wasn't allowed up on the presser were you not because uh, because bob couldn't make the presser so he basically said it was supposed to be callum me and buddy but bob basically said if i'm not there he's not going up either and i was like okay you know I remember that next time he comes to the UK. But he, he's remarkable because he walks into the presser and he's like, Eddie, how are you? How are you? I'm like, hey, Bob, great to see you. You know, Carl Moretti gave me a top-ranked T-shirt. I was saying, look, Bob, stick that on later. And then literally 30 seconds later, he <laughs> absolutely ruined me five yards away. Do you know what I mean? So, yeah. But the thing, the one thing I'll say about Bob is, like, this you could literally, I, I'm trying you could literally, like, I don't know, I know this is a bit extreme, but like, burn his house down, right? And he could know that you've done it. And he would still do a deal with you two minutes later for a fight. <laughs> that, that's the best way I can explain it. So you have to respect it. You know, a lot of people will go, you think I'm going to talk to him? You think I'm going to deal with But I watched that interview with Michelle. And the first thing I thought was, Everything you've just said is completely factually incorrect. Do you not but, just laugh? Yeah, but you also want to, part of you wants to respond and go, hang on a minute, you can't say that. It's not true. <laughs> but he also, he's not, he's a little bit like, like my old man. They're, they're off the pulse. Bob's not across everything. He's 92. It's amazing the guy is even at these shows. He's a legend, right? So he doesn't actually know about everything. But you've also, you can't, you should never disrespect your elders or people who have achieved what he's achieved. But like I remember when Joshua Fort Parker, me and Bob did a night for the sponsors, right? And we were up on stage like, answering questions. And one of the, the, the audience said, Bob, Eddie, like, can you tell me the biggest moment of your promotional career so far, or the, the moment you remember the most? And I said, yeah, you know, it would have to be Joshua Klitschko at Wembley, 80,000 soul, biggest event in the history of British boxing. You know, it was unbelievable, blah, 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 like giving it the big one. And I went, what about you, Bob? And he went, well, it was a toss-up between the Thriller in Manila or the Rumble in the Jungle. And I was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, like, what he's achieved is incredible. I don't think I would want, and I don't think I will have the longevity that he's had in boxing. Who knows what the future holds? So I respect him in that that sense. Um, he's a, he's a good operator. Do you know what I mean? So I don't want to be. I, I I don't mind being this not disrespectful, but critical in my comments. But I always try not to be disrespectful in my comments. So. First, the main point is I did not release this information. That top ranked it. And I would and I know Callum 
and 13 wanted this information to come out because they wanted to investigate it. But I'm only answering questions from the media regarding the information that they put out. So I'm not trying to like wind anything up or grass anyone up. The information was out and I'm asking, I'm answering questions. So anyway, respect to those guys. Really like the top rank guys. Really like Carl Moretti, really like Brad. Very good company. Always say it. Rattle off a few quick ones. Uh, the criticism faced of Peter Dobson as Conor Ben's opponent. He's 17 and 0. Um, always up for a fight. You know, we're supposed to fight Keevan. Keevan pulled out. Supposed to fight McCormack. McCormack pulled out. We had like four weeks, five weeks to make a fight. Got plenty to say. He's got big balls on him. He'll have a right go. I think it'll be a great fight. And, you know, the plan for Conor Ben is to see him do a job on Dobson and get back out in April and keep him nice and active now. And um, got to stay switched on in that fight. Can't You know how Conor fights. He, he's, every fight's a fire fight. Obviously, yourself and Frank, you're, you're still keen on doing that Eubank fight at some point in the summer. I spoke to Caller the other day and he sort of didn't give too much away, but just said if it, if it makes financial sense. Now, just on your side of stuff, do you do you do you firmly believe and and have there been any more discussions since like okay look we can't do Feb like can we move yeah to... we'll always we'll always keep talking Connor's asked me to basically forget about Eubank like I think he's had enough of and, and I don't think I will mention Eubank or to, to Connor or to Dazone until Eubank has actually picked up a pen. And he's ready to sign. Because let's be honest, we all get bored of it. We all raise hope that we are going to get the biggest fight in British boxing. And we can't allow Connor to be sidetracked in his career. So we've got to keep him active. This is a nice fight for him to stay active. Then we need to land a big fight in April. And that's what we're working on at the moment. So for me, I just want to protect Connor's career from time wasting and make sure that we do the right job to keep him active, get him paid, build him up in the division to a world championship shot and, and be involved in the fights that he wants to be involved with. It doesn't mean we, we don't want the Eubank fight. Of course we do. And it doesn't mean we won't continue to talk to Caller behind the scenes. That is happening, but I'm not getting excited about it. I'm not talking about it. I'm not, you know, I, I truly believe that fight would happen on Feb 3rd. And, you know, when you get stick and people say, you said it was going to happen on Feb 3rd. I, I did. I, I don't, I'm not backing away from I truly believe there's so much money. The offer was so big to Eubank. I couldn't believe he didn't take it. But we will continue behind the scenes, but we're, our focus is on other fights for Conor Ben and just making sure we deliver for him. Edward, thank you very much for speaking to us from Chile, Quebec. We've got two minutes 30. So is there anything of, you know, reigning your inner performing seal? We we like to use that opportunity to 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 get some sound bites for myself, some some great bit at the start. But obviously, I don't know when. Just just as a bit of a backlog of like, if I'm bored, need to upload a TikTok. I've got the general there to to reference. No, not really. I'm not just going to just provide you with opportunity to increase followers, increase views, and probably inadvertently make money for yourself and create a name for yourself. What I will do is just a couple of uh, points regarding my recent fast. Oh, I know this. I'm, I'm, I'm here for it. I want to learn. Okay, because three. I've never had as many responses or questions from any post or anything I've ever done than that 72-hour fast, right? So I want to answer a few questions that I got non-stop because 
I find it really cringe to like do a video after the, after the thing go, hi guys, um, just catching up after the 72 hour fast. So I... here's the electrolytes that I had. And yeah, here's the bone broth. It's available in Waitrose. And you know, after 24 hours, I just felt a little bit flat. Like it's just so cringe. I'm not that, but like, I'm not. Influencer. Don't take, don't take physical advice from me. Don't take medical advice from me. Do your own research. I watched Chris Hemsworth on, I think it's National Geographic, about fasting. It, it made sense to me. And I'm talking about the regeneration of cells inside you. Not trying to lose weight. It's got nothing to do with that. I also follow Gary Brecker, who works with Dana White. I, thought, I watched all his stuff. I posted the link for the, for the fasting. I did a 72-hour fast drinking only water with electrolytes. People will know what electrolytes are. It's a little tablet. It's powder. Use the zero calories one. Loads of brands. I use Revive. They don't pay me. I've got 40 seconds left, right? You've just seen. 72 hours, water only. You can have bone broth as well. I lost nine pounds, probably put most of it back on. I'm just trying to improve myself from a medical perspective, just trying to every day become a better version of myself. Do your own research. Give it a go. That's the general out. Have a good one, Sean. Tonight, Callum Smith flying the flag for, flag for Britain. Let's go. Big knockout. Incoming in Quebec City. Don't miss it. We'll see you soon. See you Monday. Monclizzy out in Quebec. See you Monday. Get up there. Bash. Sports Social Podcast Network.